All right, welcome to the decompression chamber. I'm your host, Andrea, and this week I am joined by Sam. How you doing, Sam? Doing well. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks so much for being on, and uh, we'll dive right into it. Uh, where are you from? Um, so I was born in New Jersey, which wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, uh, by the time I was eight, my mom moved me down to Tampa, Florida, and that's been home ever since. So that's that's what I call hometown. That's where everybody lives now. Um, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, everybody scattered directions, and everybody came back to Tampa. So it's home. Okay, perfect, perfect. And uh, about how old were you when you when you guys moved down to to Florida? We were eight. And, um, okay. and if you don't mind me diving right in, when we moved down, um, we were homeless. My mom oh, and wow. dad were going through separation and, um, my mom was like basically running away from my dad. And, uh, oh, it's funny. So for, for a, uh, you know, Irish Czech girl that was born in, uh, Patterson, New Jersey, she thought she was country and she's <laughs> like, I'm going south. And we ended up in Tampa, which really isn't the South. I mean, it was a pseudo South back in the eighties, sure, um, sure. but it, it worked out well. I'm glad she didn't know. Uh, where the real south was because it worked out pretty well but uh it was literally me my brother uh two sisters wow. uh, and her in a van but at least then they were full-size vans there weren't many vans so yeah we had exactly. advantage right that's in space sure. <laughs> exactly and uh we came down drove down parked at a truck stop for a couple months she started waitressing and got a security job wow. then uh moved us into a trailer and then uh got a job on a school uh, and the schools in the uh, hillsburg county schools and um you know we started growing up from there so yeah. We made it pretty well. I mean, we, we climbed out because I mean, it's America. And as yeah. long as you, you don't want to mess your life up, you don't have to and yeah. like, do anything. Oh, that's so. great. And and you said you had a brother and, and two sisters. How how old was everyone? You said you were eight. I was eight. So I there were eight, seven, six, um, eight, seven, five, my brother, sister, and I. So my younger sister's about a year younger. And my younger brother's like another year-ish behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all sequential. And my older sister is like five years older than me. So, oh, okay. so she was like, you know, uh, 12, 13, which is probably more, it was probably rougher for her being 13, moving down in that than, than me. And uh, definitely than my brother, because my brother's kind of, you know, he's five, he's four. He's like, you know, he hasn't started kindergarten yet. He doesn't really know what, what he doesn't know. Right, um, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially yeah. for your older sister, I imagine there's a lot of uh, babysitting duties that, that fell to her while, while mom it was. And it, it was yeah. stressful. And, and I think she, um, and, uh, you know, she had some issues with it, and I think, but uh, we all did pretty well. Ironically, um, I joined the Marines. I'll jump ahead for a second. Sure. As did my younger brother and younger sister. They both re-rolled in there, and it wasn't part of the plan. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happened. So uh, that's kind of nice that it worked out. That was kind of a stepping stone for a lot of us to figure yeah. out what we're doing. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, we'll fast forward to that. Um, yeah. You joined the Marine Corps, but was that, you know, always your branch of choice, or how did you get to know the military? What were your thoughts about it? Um, there are other branches. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I, it definitely was the Marine, but I, I, I wasn't deeply like set on joining the military. It was something I, you know, passed me in my mind. I was like, you know what? I like the country. I, I grew up like, uh, like the Alex P. Keaton in my family. Everybody was Democrats. Everybody was like, whatever. And, and I'm kind of like, Hey, Reagan's a great guy. Like, this is awesome. Like, uh, yeah. um, I, I love America. Let's go uh, join. So it wasn't really, in the, in the front of my mind, but it was something when I, once I got to high school, it was something that was kind of like I thought about as a child. I never thought about it. My dad wasn't military. We didn't mm-hmm. like have a lot of military interaction. Um, the, the one exposure we might've had is I had a cousin that's about, a about five, eight years older than me. So uh, while we we're in, while I was in middle high school, middle school, high school is when desert storm happened and he was out there and, um, he was, he was injured. He's, he's good now. He was injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
pretty substantially at the time. So my mom was freaking oh. out and oh, yeah. uh, it's a lot different now. I think we're very fortunate. Like people don't realize this, like, uh, you know, we go on a deployment now. And even when I first started deploying to now we go on a deployment, we're on Skype, we're on WhatsApp. We can talk to our friends and family. If, yeah. they, if they get confused, it's like, I haven't heard from you in three days. Is everything okay? Whereas <laughs> even my first deployment, it was like, Hey, I'll talk to you in about two weeks. Okay. See you then. And then it was, it's completely different. Um, yeah. um back in desert storm when there's nothing. So, yeah. um, get word that he's hurt. Don't get the full reporting. Um, so it was pretty stressful on the family, on, on my aunt and everybody else. But I mean, thankfully he's full recovery. Great. Got out afterwards, but, um, um, and he was in the army, he was an army medic, a helicopter medic. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we had, we, you know, it was a little bit of theirs. It was, it was theirs peeking in, but uh, I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to yeah. figure it out. And, and then once I was getting closer to college, my senior year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to college. Um, I'm going to major in something that's not going to give me a good job. So, you know, when I get out, maybe I'll <laughs> jump in for three or four, you know, do a four-year commitment and then get out and then build my career. Um, yeah, I was, smart. I, when I went to college, I, I originally started out going to film school because <laughs> I loved yeah. it. But I was like, eh, I'm still going to be broke. Still going to be getting coffee for people. Not going to make any money. And I'm going to have student loan debt. Maybe yep. that's a good path to go be, you know, public affairs in the military or something. Absolutely. Um, but that's not what happened. But that was what I was thinking might happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's starting to, you're trying to figure out your path of, I want to do film school. I also want to do the Marines. How do these two marry together? So Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing is, um, after the first year of film school, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is really my gig. Like, it's, like I said earlier, like I grew up pretty poor. I don't want to go to college for four years and be poor. Like maybe right, I need to do right. something else. I'm like, but I don't know what that is. I'm like, I just need to reset. And um, almost like not quite this like extreme, but you can kind of imply like as this is all going through my head, um, I'm sitting out, you know, in the living room with my two roommates and you know the, the the cool Marine Corps commercial comes on where the guy slays the fire dragon, the yeah, fire monster, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. like yeah, you know what? That's probably been a good commercial. Maybe I should just call the recruiter. And it was kind of a, you know, I didn't join to necessarily slay a fire monster, but you know, hey, I was on the verge anyway, and exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, pick up the phone, call the recruiter. Um, horrible, you know, worthless recruiter called me back. I mean, he got me in ish. Um, yeah. Um, wasn't the best, it was, um, but he had already made quota, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I got in and I took a year off the Marines or I took a year off of school for the Marines, mm -hmm. um, became a tank mechanic and enlisted. Oh, and, nice. um, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed turning the wrenches. I enjoyed the camaraderie. I, oh, for you know, sure. I would say I enjoyed boot camp, but like in hindsight, it was, it was a good deal. And it was a, right. a good reset for me to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. Um, rolled back into college, um, changed into an engineering major hung out there that oh, was great. a complete pendulum swing from the film school <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, um, a lot more homework. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A lot more studying. And, 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 and way fewer girls in that engineering school class. <laughs> than <in> the, uh, <laughs> and highly suspicious of the ones who were there. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did that. And then, um, but unfortunately I didn't graduate with an engineering degree because, um, you know, skipping through a couple of years, you know, I'm engineering, um, the officer OCS, uh, officer can recruiter, basically equivalent. He 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 comes in also, and he's like, "Hey, you want to join the want to be an officer?" I'm like, "I don't know, I'm not, I don't know, kind of having fun. Why would I be an officer?" <laughs> I'm like, "Actually, wait a minute, can I fly?" And he goes, "I don't know, can you?" I'm like, "Is that a challenge?" He yeah. goes, well, "I can tell you if you can fly, but we have flying positions." I was like, "All right, I'll try it." So um, yeah, passed the um, 
the uh, flight aptitude test and then um, went off and graduated, got my commission and the rest has been history. So I did, okay. you know, spoiler alert, I did get the go fly. I uh, nice. ended up nice. flying through 53 helicopters, um, oh, wow. which I love. And uh, um, wasn't really made for the airplanes because kind of had a few little some bouts of air sickness the first like couple months of flight school, oh, interesting. Um, which was uh, not fun. Um, no. Ironically, I got over them and never, never, ever got sick doing aerobatics. Like, you know, I can do loops and rolls. That was fine. But, you know, yeah. when I was just starting flying straight and level, got sick. Wow. <laughs> um, so my body grew out of it, but it was just, it was interesting. So uh, they kind of adjusted me um, heading through uh, helicopters. But I wasn't, um, I had some peers that were bummed out because they got, oh man, I got helicopter. I actually went in thinking helicopters were probably what I wanted. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. I, and it's certainly more challenging to learn than fixed wing aircraft, but you talk about flight school. Did everybody start on fixed wing aircraft and then? It, yes, because uh, okay. you were Navy, correct? Uh, Navy, were, yeah. yeah. Right, so in, in uh, Navy and Marine Corps, we um, we both kind of do a um, fixed wing first. And then from fixed wing, you get um, you branch off and you either pick a, like the C-130 or big, air, big heavy aircraft or the jet air, uh, path or the mm-hmm. um, helicopter path. Um, okay. and it's based on scale, uh, where you graduate and rank, where, what your minimum score is. And then a lot of it's just also based on, um, luck, like what's available that week, honestly. Yeah, the needs of the military, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of that going on. All right. So, so, and then going back to, you said you didn't graduate with an engineering degree, but was it at least a degree that was applicable to aviation? Well, it, not really. It was social science. Um, <laughs> okay. and the reason is I had, I actually went to my uh, counselor and, and I'm like, Hey, I, I'm leaving engineering school. And I was, I was industrial engineer, mm-hmm. um, which is a very flexible engineering uh, degree. And he's like, why, why would you do that? I'm not going to sign off on this. I'm like, I'm going to the Marines as an officer. He's like, Oh, all right. That's probably the only answer I'd sign off for. And so he signed it. Um, right. And I check it to the social science department. Um, Cause I kind of looked at my list. I was like, okay, been in school a little too long. You know, just let me look at fill in the blanks. What degree am I closest to just with what I have? And it was a social science degree, mm-hmm. economics degree. And um, so I went and talked to the counselor there and I'm like, Hey, uh, um, you know, I want to come in here and <laughs> counselor is actually very nice. He's like, uh, well, you only need 120 grad- credits to graduate. Yeah. I have 146 or whatever. I really don't want you to have to be stuck here for like, you know, two classes. He's like, I'll substitute your engineering economics for a baseline economics class. And I'll right. substitute your history of engineering for history. He goes, and then I'll give you a waiver if you want to just take one class and graduate this semester. And I was like a little bit tempted, mm-hmm. but I was also had done so much work and had no life for the past couple months, like years. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hang out and take, you know, a law class and one in, in economics class and hang out for another semester. And he's yeah. like, Whatever. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> so, uh, dude. <laughs> which is also funny because it was like my seventh year. I I get around to say I was in a seven-year plan. Well, engineering school doesn't take four years unless you're exactly five-year degree there, yeah. and then I took the year off for the Marines, and I had switch. So it took me seven years from basically high school graduation to degree. Yeah. Not literally seven years, but I like to get around and say I was on a seven-year plan, and um, awesome. and. And so at that point, it was like, yeah, catch a few football games and, and enjoy it. At that, at that point, it really was this kind of coasting. But, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it was my, my pre ward for going into the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might as well. Yeah, you're going to be working hard the next several years, especially as an officer. Um, yeah, it, might as well enjoy enjoy the time while you got it. Well, and exactly. that's, that's a, a pretty interesting path, too, because 
if if recollection serves, I mean, only about twelve per, or only about twelve percent of the Marine Corps officer corps comes from the enlisted ranks. I mean, that's a really uh, oh, okay. huge feather in your cap. I mean, that's you know, it's usually OCS, ROTC, the academy, whatever else. So um, definitely a, a rare rare uh, thing to have there. So um, you were you active duty once you got uh, yeah. When, once I got commissioned, I was active duty. Um, I went on active duty 2000, basically, uh, January of 2000. Um, we do a, our officer candidate school is six months long. Mm-hmm. I did that, finished that up around July, got down to Pensacola, August, you know, um, got a little time in between. And then um, started my ground school for flight school in December of that year. And um, they'll go through, and, and, you know, flight school is pretty long. It's going to take up to two years. Oh, wow. And um, while I was finishing, so interesting the world of, you know, how the world falls into place. I was uh, in a simulator and when you're in a simulator, you know, dark little simulator lost in the world. Um, I go in a simulator, I come out of the simulator and the student break room is empty. There's a little like, study room where they look at the refrigerator, go get a, a, the drink while you study for your next sim. Cause you usually get two sims a day, you get a, like a sim and then like a two hour, three hour break and then your second sim. And that's kind of how they rush you through. Okay. Um, I go to the break room and I'm like, ah, everyone's gone. Okay, well, that's strange. I'm sitting in the break room and like hanging out and you know this is like i don't even know if i had a cell phone then probably not this is a yeah. you know, t- you know 2001 like it was, it was i had a cell phone but i'm not sure if i was using it or, or um yeah it wasn't it was, attached to your hand like it is yeah today. exactly <laughs> and um and, and I, i'm sitting there and i go oh let me turn on the rate of the tv and it's it's 9 11. so i didn't wow. know that that happened while i was in the sim um and that's why everything was clearing out oh, and um yeah Another friend comes out of her sim and she's sitting there. We're like both like staring at the screen, like, wow. And then we're like, oh, and they're like, everyone's leaving the base. Everything's closing down. Everything's shutting down. And they come back in and like, you two are going back in for your second sim. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess that makes sense. If we're going to war, we might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're Um, really going to have an accelerated training program. Yeah. So it was, uh, wow. it was a good stressor. I mean, it was a good, like, you know, test if we can, uh, I guess, work under stress. Like, hey, sure. <laughs> you're just a student. Jump back in there. <laughs> uh, you'll find out what's going on later. And, uh, and then it was, yeah. it was eerie because once we came out, um, there's a Pensacola or Milf, uh, the, the air station up there, and um, like it's literally like dead. Like everybody's gone. Like no one's on the base, and, and it's oh. so strange. Like I mean, there's the MPs clearing people off, but there's no activity. And um, it was yeah. just, it was strange, and and um, and as I started like right at the beginning, I was born in Jersey, so I have family that lives live there, and oh, right, right. near there, and then you know people I met in college who had gone up and lived there. Um, I was very fortunate. I have um, a friend that um, worked in the World Trade Center and just didn't go to work that like the whole story, like you know those serendipitous how it happened kind of things. He just yeah. didn't go to work that day, um, well, but he moved so- home. He moved Monday home night day. football the night before having yeah something or... along those lines may have been wow. uh, but he moved home the next day like he, he was like he packed up his stuff and moved back to miami he's like i'm done oh uh, yeah yeah and then uh my cousin uh used to work at a little shop near the base of um um near the base of the towers and when i finally got a hold of him he had like just quit that job like two weeks prior wow um, we, we weren't like i mean we were very very close growing up but like we didn't hang out we weren't well, and it's, it's not like it is today where you're texting constantly back and forth. I mean, you got to catch them at their landline. So, yeah, staying in touch exactly. is a much so, taller order. Yeah. 
and um and exactly that that was kind of the thing with it so um but yeah so as, as the day was going through and i found more and more people were safe it was it was it was good to hear so good. i I, good. I was very fortunate i didn't lose anybody directly in 9 11 even with uh family and friends out there so thank god yeah and, and it was a big number it was a big casualty um, oh for sure yeah i mean yeah. i mean I, everyone knows that i mean it's just like you know the numbers the numbers game of if there's four thousand lost in a day in a, in a community and that you're fortunate that you don't have anybody that's it's a good number game yeah oh absolutely um yeah so um so so yeah going back to to flight school when 9 11 happened how about how much time left did you have in your training pipeline i had probably i still had a few months left i i was still um i was a uh, I was about three quarters of the way through the fixed wing training. Okay. Um, and in, be, in response to the attacks, did they accelerate at all? Like have ranks to fill um, or stayed with the schedule? Unofficially, like they, they tried to keep it calm. They were already, at the time, the uh, Navy had some issues with um, with just getting people through the overall flow had, had kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, and there were some consultants that came in about a year or two before I got there. Okay. So we were just getting through this bottleneck that they kind of figure out how to get through. Um, so it was, it was speeding up by its own, but we weren't, it wasn't a, uh, you know, a daily, like you guys need to, you know, we're going to double clump you to get you out into the fleet kind of thing. Um, so that worked out all right. And then, um, you know, the Afghanistan effort started, but then it had, it, it, you know, it stabilized. And so once it was stabilized, they realized, okay, we're on a normal rotation. We're not losing people's or, or equipment or anything so quickly that we have to backfill. Right. Uh, but the um jump up another you know 10 15 months later um when i was in i leave uh so we the, the, the pipeline for the uh navy and marine corps is everyone fixed wing and then from there you know rotary or continue fixed wing and then once you finish that and you get your wings that's when you go to your platform school um okay. so we used to call it like the fleet refresher school or the, the rag your replacement air crew school whatever we or replacing our group or whatever all like different names for it that are have been changed um mm -hmm. so i'm there and that, for that for me that training's in north carolina um okay. so i'm in new river that's where they learn how to fly the super stallion at the time the fastest most maneuverable or uh, helicopter in the free world yeah. um even though it's big <laughs> um no longer holds that title but back then it was, it was pretty cool uh that is awesome so went through that go get out you know finish through that check in to my squadron in California in December of 2002 and um you know go in check in with the XO like hello sir whatever he's like hey when do your household goods get here I'm like in you know in, in like uh, like 30 days he's like don't unpack you may not be here in 30 days we're probably going to war I was like wow uh, okay so uh rolled through and and you know basically by February we're on planes going to Kuwait um before the push the initial push into Iraq so that was a pretty quick uh oh yeah yeah and didn't see that coming since we thought we we're uh mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's funny um how moms think versus how military people think <laughs> uh, is, yep. is i called my mom and i'm like yeah they're, they're thinking about going this i just found out that the other squadron's going and i'm going into the on the they basically gave me a choice before we knew this they're like you can be the last person to check into this squadron or the first person to check into the squadron there's like two of us and we're mm -hmm. graduating the same day and um i was like i'll do it either way i'm like i'm like i'll go and i'll go be the first person in the next squadron and you be the last person so okay and then um i felt bad because i was like i think i made the wrong choice the other squadron's getting to go and go to war and we're going to be staying back and my mom's like that's good right i was like 
no, I want to go. Yeah, so, yeah. What know. have I been training for, woman? <laughs> exactly. So uh, it, it, was, yeah. it was interesting, uh, this seeing that dynamic. And my poor mom, like, you know, she oh, yeah. wasn't quick enough to go in the military um, and never flown in an airplane at this point in her life. Um, wow. My first flight in an airplane, I think I was just shy of 21. Um, wow. So, uh, so you know, I'm going in as a pilot. It's already like, you know, pushing her to the edge and um and then we go off to a OEF one and um my by this time my sister had joined she was a, she was a oh, staff wow. sergeant i think she was a staff sergeant uh, in, in the reserves mm -hmm. um with a a track company an amtrak company the uh mm -hmm. and so uh for those who don't know that there's a look the personnel movers that go through the water they look like a, a, a tank but i uh, have water in it or float in the water mm -hmm. um so she's at that unit and she does all the training and workup with her. And then about three weeks before they're about to deploy, they pull her and she's a platoon sergeant. They pull her and three other females out and say, by the way, you women can't deploy. This is a combat uh, MOS and a combat unit. And at the time, I don't remember if you recall up until like 2005, mm -hmm. women or 2006, women couldn't deploy in a combat role. They can only deploy in a, a support role. And um, like she was like, devastated oh yeah for her part she's like she's like this is my crew this is the people i taught it you know whatever yeah. and, and then this is going on she's staying back um like a month later uh, i can't recall her name the uh the army female uh, convoy truck driver that got rolled up that they had to do a rescue for uh jessica um, yes but anyway that happened like, yeah. and so like my sister's livid she's like she's like that's like, oh, she's not in a combat role. She's driving a truck. And she's like, wait a minute. Supply officer in a, or supply uh, NCO in a um, combat unit is a combat position. But driving through a battle with a truck is not yeah. a combat position. And it was just absurd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's like, screw this. I'm going to go become an officer because as an officer, um, they don't, determined it's not you know designated anywhere she's at so she's like, she's like if i become a pilot then i can be a female pilot in any war zone because they don't count that i'm like it's true yeah yeah and, and so she's like okay so she she did it like she wow. rushed to finish up her degree she went to ocs she got uh everything now and then um and she's been doing very well you know 20 years later she's uh she she became wow. a gs46 pilot and then transitioned to c-130s wow. and um currently is C-130 pilot in the Marine Corps. Her, her, her position today, as of like three months ago, she's not flying right now, but she's still, that's her job, a C-130 pilot in the Marine Corps. So that's amazing. Uh, my mom went from never being on an airplane to having two pilot kids <laughs> and three people in the Marines. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, stress her. I, I guess being <laughs> is more stressful than that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, you're younger brother is is also is also in the he, he is as well um wow. it's it funny like reversing so in 94 i go to boot camp mm -hmm. and um i graduated and so you know that's that's after i um took my little break from college so i go to boot camp um 90 you know september september 23rd of 94 uh, my brother comes in and goes to my graduation at paris island and he doesn't know what he's gonna do and he shows up and he turns and at the end of the day he goes yeah i think i'm gonna do this too and so he like wow. went in and list like did a delayed entry program enlistment. Um, Good for him. And uh, yeah, and then you know, come November uh, of uh, two thousand five, he's or sorry, ninety five, 
um, he's in the Marines as well. So he just kind of tumbled in and uh, um, he was a uh, signals intelligence. So yeah. he did a uh, radio kind stuff. Um, he did that. And then he comes back for uh, recruiter's assistance. And I think everybody knows what that is, but if anybody does, it's uh, basically a free leave to go home. You help yes. out the recruiter at home at your home station, try to like, you know, pull people to your side at, at, at the high schools or whatever you went to and the food courts at the hospital at the, at the malls when they used to have those um more booming um <laughs> and so uh it's his last day he's like man this is a bummer i didn't get anybody to join and my sister's like i'll join let's go and so wow, she wow. that's how she did he was active duty uh she went into the recruiter with him and was like make me a reservist come on let's go and and uh, did that which is kind of funny and that's that's how our dominoes fell. <laughs> uh, that's just, that's incredible. Family service and and specific to the Marine Corps. That's uh, that's all American story right there. Amazing. Yeah, um, so okay, you had mentioned your first squadron was in California, and then um, you go and deploy. This is we're talking like December two thousand two, January twenty two thousand three. Yeah, exactly. So January two thousand three. Um, well, we guess technically February. I think they moved us. They didn't want us getting the extra day. <laughs> um, of so course, we go. Yeah. There. <laughs> Um, hazardous duty pay right yeah exactly like oh we don't want to get you you're gonna be like this is too much so uh, we got a war to yeah, fight but it, we got money to save yeah. <laughs> exactly it'll cost billions and we'll give billions to afghanistan and everybody else but we can't give our military an extra 600 bucks because you know yeah. we got to save money um Chris. It, it is absolutely but um the uh um and i still love the military and we'll regret it but it's our congressmen and, and presidents and such and generals honestly oh um, yeah yeah i can say that now that i'm not in uniform today i'm allowed, I'm allowed to bash them until uh until the weekend drill <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yep. it's the beauty of it right mm-hmm. love being a reservist um yeah and then uh deploy and then we came back in september so we were there in march the initial push um you know, me and two other lieutenants like, totally fresh out of out of flight school there initially um and some other people that you know the more experience and obviously it was like every every unit um and then i uh, came back in september and it was kind of a reset and an ongoing war um yeah lasted a day or two if i recall correctly yeah. <laughs> um yeah um but uh yeah so uh and, and it was a it was an interesting deployment i mean there was um by the time we left if i recall i think the end of 2003 we thought things were going to be pretty okay you know, at least the American people thought things were going to be calm and it wasn't going to be a forever war. And it seemed like things were starting to right. come into a wall. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I'm not saying that. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. It was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got got a little bit of time back. Uh, hung out. I loved it. I, I was stationed in uh, you know, Miramar in Southern California. So Very pretty nice. good place to be. Um, yeah. And I grew up in Tampa. And to me, and I don't know if everybody feels this way. Um, San Diego and Tampa had a lot of like similar traits. Like San Diego was like the West Coast version of, of Tampa. Like Tampa's always been until recently. It, it always had like that small town feel, even though it's, it was a city, a full set, like a, right. a, a true city. So the small town feel. And San Diego kind of had that vibe, like a little like yeah. you know, hey, for a village, it's, it's it's San Diego, and um, it wasn't so like you know, it definitely wasn't San Francisco style, which is good, which made me completely happy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it definitely wasn't the vibe I was going for. Yeah. Um, but uh, I enjoyed San Diego a lot then, and you know it's like one of the last, uh, you know, right of center strongholds of uh, of California, um, outside of the Sacramento area. Um, and you know it was great; people loved the military, and everybody was 
patriotic because of the wars going on and you know it was, it was, a, it was a really good thing so i got to, got to enjoy that for a little while um cool. did some training up and the following year in 2004 end of 2004 uh, around october november I, I, I go back to um afghanistan this time okay. and i deploy as a pilot to afghanistan um you know more skills under you know under my hat sure and, you know, promotion here and promoted to first pilot when we go when we go into um with ch 53 specifically um, when you when you finish your uh, helicopter school to get designated, you're actually designated as a co-pilot. And okay. then when you're inside your squadron, you, you finish up and become a first pilot. And you can Makes sense. Fly, uh, and the aircraft's always a two-pilot aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's two pilots and a crew member minimum to fly. Um, um, even just some things in the airplane, you can only reach on one side. So like you're like, hey, turn on my landing gear lights. You're like, oh, only you can reach them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you... So... Yeah, you and, can't uh, really do that with a grabber with any degree of accuracy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and grabbers are great. I mean, they're, they're great for like, and they're great for, I have a five-year-old uh, and when she was three, it was great for like chasing her like baby shark style. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, anything, anything could be a toy, especially if dad's, dad's operating the toy. Yeah, exactly. And it just comes with dad jokes and it's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Developing that dad's sense of humor. Yeah, it's like the whole corny joke thing. It's come back full circle and it's great. It's the best thing about being a dad. I mean, holding your baby and loving them. And that's awful too. But the dad joke part is just awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. So, um, all right. So you're, you know, you deploy towards the end of 2004. Um, How, how long was that deployment? Um, About seven months. Um, That that was, that was, that was actually a good deployment. The, um, so you know, go to Iraq and it's you're learning how to find deserts and it's mostly flat. Um, I'll back for a second. Like um, both these deployments had like great things in them, like the like, his- historically. So I got to go see um, while I was in Iraq. I was fortunate we landed at least one of the resupply points where one of the palaces were that that uh, oh, wow. America took over. Took over um, was where Babylon was. So okay. for a day, it was that's when like things were calm enough. So towards the end of us being out there. You know, turn the helicopter off, drops like somebody off for a meeting or something. And um, and we got, you know, two hours or so to tour the ruins of Babylon, which is wow. pretty important. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, to be able to stay there, take a picture <laughs> exactly. next to like these ruins that are thousands of years old and um, having uh, engraved uh, encrypt, you know, scripts that scripts in them from, uh, you know, Mesopotamia. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? So, uh, um, and it's funny because, they knew the site was there was being when it was found as being excavated. Saddam Hussein had built on top of it, so like you know, it ends up getting you know, covered in sand. So and he started building on top of it, um, like a, a, a more modern city in, in a frame. And with him, it was um, Nebuchadnezzar had had etched like basically that he was the god of you know that God had blessed him with the whatever god they were you know talking. This is like pre monolith you know. Uh, monotheistic, monotheist, monotheist. I was like, yeah. wait, 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 where's my word? I can't think of my word. Uh, <laughs> I'll you know, pick it up. Before, throwing down. I won't let you. Yeah, learn. before Judeo-Christian, uh, um, uh, Abrahamic type of uh, religious, obviously. So, uh, you know, whatever God it was, like, had bestowed upon him to be their king, and and so he, he would, his bricks said, you know, thank you, whatever for whatever. Um, so, uh, Saddam tried to do in the same vein. He basically said, you know, like. Allah has bestowed upon me to be the, the, the ruler and president of 
of whatever you call him, a dictator, but he didn't tell him about the dictator, yeah. of, uh, of the Iraqi people. And, and uh, he started building on top of it the same thing. It was kind of funny to see that yeah. ego play into going to play. And, uh, so that was pretty cool. So then jumping back to uh, Afghanistan, so that's all flat. Jumping to Afghanistan, like they're beautiful mountains. I mean, I mean, yeah. forth, they're worth like beautiful valleys with like rivers cut in, like almost like a, like beautiful canyons, like um, yeah, yeah, multicolor uh, a stone, but not quite as like like the Grand Canyon, but similar. Like it's got the layers and the oranges and the and the browns, and you can see it go through. And there's rivers on the bottom, and um, you know as you fly through these canyons, uh, you see these short little like uh, river banks where there's villages all lined up in them, and and you yeah. get to see like these, you know, a, a village like thirty-five people here, and they're fishing and washing and and growing their little stuff, and um, it was pretty cool to see. And yeah. um, a sad thing to see, but it was still kind of neat anyway. Was in um, um, the the old Buddhas. So there used to be, if you recall, I don't know if right. you, um, the um, the um, uh, world of uh, one of the wonders of the world. They called it for a little while. Um, the large Buddhas that were up there that the Taliban blew up. Um, we got to fly past it and see the ruins of it at least. And you can see the rubble of how they just dynamited it and it made it all come down. Wow. But you see this etched out in the in the side of this mountain where they were. And it was, mm. it was pretty impressive. Like so oh, yeah. um <clears throat> from a flying perspective, it was beautiful. We got a completely different thing. We were landing in snow, yeah. we we're flying over mountaintops, we we're seeing like, you know, we got to see the season change from that perspective, uh, yeah. getting out there in October, like as it was becoming cold. Um because you know, initially I thought I pictured Afghanistan, and it's mostly desert, but it's mountain desert. But I pictured it as just you know desert and hot, and realized how varied yeah. it is, how cold it got, and and the, and the snowfalls they had. Um, so that was pretty neat on a, on a positive side of you know finding the beauty and things kind of kind of way. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that flying. It was it was it was fulfilling in that sense, and I liked the mission. Um, of how we're flying, we're doing the resupply and bringing bringing things out to uh, army guys too, but marines and army bases yeah. within the area out of bagram um and uh you know I, I i felt after doing that i had um i felt like a lot of the flying i needed to do at that time was was good mm -hmm. and i a asked for a a fact tour which is a forward air controller tour um and so for people who are looking at it's a the army and air force joint call them jtax joint uh, terminal air controllers okay. um and a joint terminal air controller can be enlisted um forward air controllers are always pilots so they're Marines, I mm -hmm. technically be a warrant officer. Um, sure. Uh, so they're officers, so they're uh, Marines. But um, I mean, I, I was like, hey, I want to do that. And it was good because most people don't want that job. Interesting. Um, Why is that? Because it's um, career-wise, They back when there's no wars going on and you get sent as a fact, it's usually because they want you out of the, like, the squadron. They're like, well, okay. he's one of my favorites, and he's a highly trained guy that, that uh, is a good instructor for the other – other cats so um let's send him um so it was kind of looked down upon by some for me i thought it was great because you know especially being enlisted when i was being able to hang out with tank you know the other fellow in the submarines and a tank side um it's like i want to go blow things up on the ground for a little while so i, I heard that door, <laughs> yeah. which is super easy to get because they're like what you want it i'm like yeah they're like all right where do you want to go i'm like i want to go to pendleton so i can stay in southern california and i want them to be deploying because I don't want to go do this and then not deploy. I want to do it. I want to go with them. Um, so I went to a unit, 1st Battalion, 1st Marines in, um, in Pendleton. Uh, got to attach them as their air officer and then um, uh, stepped down into their uh, just a forward air controller position. I say just, but 
um, to actually a better position because the senior guy usually is the air officer, mm-hmm. which usually gets to blow less things up, has way more paperwork to do. So, yeah. uh, so it was, I prefer the uh, forward air controller side. And, um, yeah. and that was pretty good. And that, from a ground perspective, was probably one of the most rewarding things I'd done in the Marines. Oh, cool. And I, I say that because uh, we were in, we're out of, based out of uh, Fallujah, and it was when the, the push was going. So the Army was getting the extension. They were getting a 15-month, um, which I mean, I, I still feel sorry for everybody who had to deal that. They were getting their extension. They were getting the push back or yeah. the push and getting forced into um, Baghdad. So while that was going on, um, as the, as the uh, army units were moving to Baghdad to reinforce, we had, we, the Marines backfilled some of our locations. And one of them was uh, um, uh, Abu Ghraib, where the prison was. Right, um, right. And the prison area is actually a prison on a, within a base. And that's all within a small town, um, medium-sized town for, um, for in their perspective for, a, um, for Iraq. A little medium-sized small town over there um and so the, we our company took over that uh, security position mm-hmm. and uh when we got there the army guys that we, we traded out with were like hey um you know this area up here has some bad guys and we patrol this time and this area is pretty clean and we patrol this time and we're like well what about like the perimeter you didn't say anything about the perimeter we're like well like the six streets right around the uh, the prison um we just drive past them and like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we've kind of got this agreement where they don't attack the base. We, um, you know, we don't break up any of their commerce and we don't patrol their, there's these six blocks and we're good. And they haven't, they've kept their word and they haven't, we haven't had a single attack on this base since, since we've made that agreement. And we're like, and we're like Marines or so like, you know, looking for a fight. It's like, Hey, it's like, this is, a, this is an empty quiet bar. Why is there nobody fighting? So, yeah, um, yeah. We had, we had, we were like, let's go on patrol. So the, the company commander was like, all right, we're taking him out on patrol. So very first day he's on patrol. Um, I stay back. Um, they go on patrol. I'm in the uh, headquarters, like on the radio, talking back to him. And I mean, they're out for 15 minutes, dismounted, and somebody starts pop shooting at them. Oh, and it's like, well, and unfortunately, no one gets hit. Um, they hit the, they hit the, like the hood of like the Humvee that the this commanding officer was, was standing next to him, uh, the company commanding, or sorry, was standing next to him. Um, so like, all right, let's bind up. Let's go back in. So everybody gets back in their Humvees. They come back at the base and they're like, okay, we, we, uh, we annoyed them obviously. So um, <laughs> I think when they thought, and, and, and um, I go out, sec- I go out the second time we went out. Um, Cause I want to see it too. He, he did it the second time. As we go out, we didn't dismount though that, that much. We kind of stayed inside to see mm-hmm. what was going on. And kind of like scope everything out um and as we're driving through and this is getting to why it's the most rewarding thing as we're driving through like everybody's like staying inside their homes right the kids that were playing outside you see the moms coming out and like grab the kids and pull them back into the house they can't even wave to us um the kids are trying to wave and are grabbing their kids and going back and they're like they don't like us or they're afraid of us or a combination yeah. of both or um going on and we go back in, and then uh, the company commander was like, I have an idea. At uh, 3 a.m., 2.30, we're going to go out there, and we're going to set up people in spaces, and we're going to set up a patrol so that we're already in place, and we're going to do 24-hour patrol so there's no gaps, mm-hmm. and we're going to stop and figure out where everybody's coming from and, and what's going on. And he did that, and they were like, what the? Um, so um, yeah. that happens a few weeks, about a week and a half into it. Um, you know, we start 
you know, rolling people up, arresting a few people, getting some names going through. Um, unfortunately, about a about, about 10, 12 days into it, uh, we have our first casualty. Um, and actually two within a week, like right off the bat, we had a um, an ID hit that was not within those first six blocks. It was in a slightly different area, one of the other areas that were patrolled regularly. But um, because we weren't out there constantly anymore, like the past the six block thing, um, it was ID, it went off. Um, and the smallest, it was, it's sad, the smallest little piece of shrapnel, I mean, it was, I suppose you can say, a little tiny little piece of shrapnel, yeah. um, just happened to um, go through and just hit the exact um, uh, artery that, that took out one of our Marines. And at the time we had the neck, we had the neck pieces on our um, things, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, most of us didn't wear them. Um, yeah. I wore mine actually to be fair about it. And, and the guys in my, my car did because uh, I made them and they're like, oh. um, but uh, um, he had his dangling because he was walking on patrol and it's hot, it's hot, it's hot degrees. You know? and yeah, it's hot. You and... know, you know, that little piece makes a difference. And, well, and, um, and the prevailing logic is, is kind of, well, if I get shot here, it's not going to do anything. And that's true because it's just Kevlar. There's no plate in that piece. Exactly. But, yes, but exactly. I mean, it's, well, it's going to be some freak thing where you know it could make a difference and right and we don't know if maybe it was so flat it would have penetrated through the kevlar and it was would have got through or you know but maybe maybe it got deflected you know a tenth of an inch or something and it made that difference so um we lost that marine and then like a day and a half later a sniper um took one of our guys that was on overwatch so he's basically the reverse like the guy was on overwatch up in a building on a rooftop Mm-hmm. And a sniper that we couldn't find out where we eventually found out um, through reporting and, and um, um, might have been a little bit of help from the uh, CIA guys, but uh, um, and then somebody turned. Um, it was a team of two guys where they would pull up into like a fruit fruit market, mm-hmm. and the first guy would be up there checking out the fruit, and he would tell the guy in the trunk um, where to go, like, hey top of this building to the left and he was basically a spotter for him yeah, so he was, yeah. a, he was an overt spotter um in public you know buying tangerines and telling the other shooter where to go wow. and then um and he was amongst the crowd and, and this sniper was unfortunately very good uh i'm assuming mujahideen trained kind of got like it he was good um and took the one shot and and that guy was in full armor everything and he was able to hit um just where he had to basically to uh, expire our, our, our marine oh um and then the, the reason why they weren't getting caught is because they were right there and when he heard the shot the guy getting the tangerines would like like oh no everybody and he panicked like everybody else yeah. so he's getting the getaway car but it looks like he's a fleeing panicking yeah. civilian yeah. Um, but he's really thing and and they they were able to cause some havoc for months oh yeah months um the uh wow. um i think i think it was a marine or uh special forces a sniper finally found them and took them out um good yeah um but it, like i said they they had they divvied up a few numbers of, of um yeah. marines and and soldiers unfortunately um yeah. but the that's the sad part i'm getting to the good part so otherwise rewarding um by the end of our like month and a half in that area, mm-hmm. um, the kids were coming out. They were bringing us oh. fresh bread from their families. Oh, they were talking nice. to us. Everybody's there. People feel safe. Um, 
um, the uh, uh, yeah, we're giving candy to the kids so that they love it. They're, they're eating up, well, literally, figuratively. Um, the uh, and we one the, the company commander goes and talks to like one of the elders in the in the um, thing and he's like, um, why 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 have you stopped giving us any tips? You guys were giving us tips. Are you, is somebody roughing you up? Are you afraid? Did, did we do something to make you mad? He's like. There's no more tips to give. He's like, you, you cleared it out. He goes, the yeah. you made it such a problem. The bad guys moved a few a few little villages over. They just they decided it's not worth fighting this every single day. Yeah. Um, and one of the cool things that was a culminating point of that is, um, and I give that company commander some credit. He put snipers out uh, casually without anybody knowing it in, in, a, in a building that we realized the family had left. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was on a, a it was on a, a a corner in the like like the town's not that big i mean when you say town you know it's like there's a main road on top main road on the bottom and then the town probably is like you know four streets by ten eight streets or ten streets so you know it's a, it's a, a sub-community um and um and the and this kid like and they had the technique they like they dropped these ieds so quickly that like the plant them and but they had their thing down um almost like it was like you gotta be kidding me exactly in line of sight of where the snipers were they came around the corner in the car and they'd gotten it down to where in less than 45 seconds they had an id set in place um wow. car comes around they start rolling out and the sniper's like uh uh sir we got we got to find an id we're gonna we're gonna take any they take them they get all three guys like that the driver um the guy leaning as he's leaning out he's got literally saw his id like when we went up and, and found the deceased um he's leaning out he's still got the id in his hand and he's putting dirt on it and he gets shot um wow. the spotter is shot in the car and then the driver gets out starts running and uh he's shot and so they just you know they were done and, and, and took yeah. the picture and they said see it's you got and we spread it and, and we asked the people identify him and they're like they're not from this town they're like they're like yeah. like we don't know who they are um, like the, you're like, are you protecting them? They're like, no, we really don't know who these guys are. They don't live in this town, and we don't want them. And that was one of the main breaking points because that corner is a block that their school is on. Mm. And so the parents were like, why is this kid coming from another village and putting an IED yeah. where our kids could have walked in and be the ones that hit it and not the Marines? And, and so they were, and that, that helped turn them. Um, so that was a good story. Like by the end, they they'd come out. We'd done what we we're supposed to do, mm -hmm. what the State Department's supposed to do. But somehow Donald Rumsfeld thought it was our job. Um, yeah. Um, quick aside, I'm not a very violent person, mm -hmm. but when he was alive, if I was ever in the same room as Donald Rumsfeld, I would have gone to jail to punch him in the face. I think it was probably the only person, only like 70 year old dude I would have walked up to and just been like, "Hey, sir, nice to meet you," and then just blind punch him. In the yeah, face. just just. Pop them. Yeah, I would, yeah, and I would put my hands up and get tackled by security and be like, I'm, I just need to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done now. Mission accomplished. Yeah. I just had to do that one time. Sorry. And, yeah. and, and when, you, when I go to trial, I'm just going to say, uh, I snap, it's his fault, and, and, and get off. And I don't yeah. think anybody else would be mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, if you truly had a jury of your peers, you'd be just fine. Like, yeah, yeah. So they'd be like, like, no obviously it's your fault yeah yeah <laughs> you provoked him <laughs> yeah exactly wow um but yeah that, that made me feel good I, and then like um like many of our uh, veterans um I, you know obviously when you when you read the stories and the reports you know months year later a year later that the place fell again you, 
you know, it hurts. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. And that said, I think I handle it pretty well. I think, you know, when I, when I talk to myself, um, but I, I, I know that like, um, especially with Afghanistan, um, so many of our friends and peers, I, you know, I reached out, you start calling them and say, Hey, and, and this for anybody watching, you know, that like, yeah. pick up on everybody and just give everybody a call. Like if you think the per if there's a reason for you, for someone's head to, you know, someone's name to pop into your head and you think about them, it might be a reason. So give them a call. Like, yeah, not send them a text and be like, Hey buddy, what's going on? Because especially that, that I, I call a lot of, uh, a lot of friends during, uh, Afghanistan watching it fall fall oh, sure. it, it was just one of those things of you know re-justifying what, what anybody's been through what we lost or the time we lost time away from anything like it'd be as simple as you know I didn't get to see my puppy grow up and and it sounds like a joke but it's not like there's a lot of you miss these things at home and, and you miss oh, yeah. and you make sacrifices because there's a reason mm-hmm. and then when you think the reason's gone you, you try to judge so yeah um and in the end I th- we did the right thing I mean Iraq it's it, it's less of a of a shithole than it was before we got there. They they want to be better. I mean, they're always going to be whatever. I think they'll get there eventually, mm-hmm. uh, for as much as you know the culture will allow itself to. Um, it, you know, there's a level of security there that's kind of come around. It's going to take a few more decades, but I think they'll get there. And and I think all the sacrifices we made. I think we're you know they'll, they'll be fruitful in the end. Um, yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, but, but yeah, but uh, not to bring it down or anything. I just want to make sure no, that while no, we're talking about something, when people like, you know, if, if there's veterans out there, fellow, you know, fellows, brothers and sisters that are watching this, we care about you, man. Like, For give sure. us. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, and then I got a uh, good deals. I, I came back home. Um, the uh, tell tell you guys a little secret. So, <laughs> I, I check into. Um, um, I come back in, I go check back into my flying squadron. And um, a lot of times, uh, going back to your question earlier, why people don't want this, these uh, these factors, uh, sometimes they get the factor, then they come back, and then they're kind of like stuck out of the cockpit for a while because they get thrown on bad deals or they don't get good good locations. Um, because I had asked for it and um, they actually kept their word. My CEO and the officer were like, hey, when you come back in a year, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll put you on, we'll let oh, you, that's to, most of our, to the, to the best of our ability. Um, well, let's pick your squadron. We're going to go next, whether you want to go out on a boat and go on a mew or you want to go uh, the ground side, somebody who's going to deploy quickly. So it's like, we'll kind of give you a break and, and we'll, we'll take care of you. Uh, when I got back, surprisingly, they actually did that. They, they, they said, where do you want to go? I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to go work up and go push out on a mew. Let's go. Um, so go to check in a squadron <laughs> and the squadron CEO or the squadron XO is the old, uh, maintenance officer from just before. Mm-hmm. I left. And, um, He's going, he's asking, he's like, oh, I was like, yeah, I got to come back. We got to get some training. We're ready to go, blah, blah, blah. He's, he goes, do you need a, a break? I was like, like, no, nah, I, I want to go. He goes, oh, I was asking because we have this deal. We have to find somebody to send to Tampa for six months. And <laughs> and it's not the best deal, I'm going to be honest with you. But um, the person we have selected for it is our night train, night system. So we get certified to be able to teach and he, he taught the night system he's like there are a few night systems guys and we lose him it's going to hurt us on a training side um is um and we can't force you to go he goes but since tampa's your hometown if you want to take that job because it's a desk job um you'll be back home but you'll be literally home um it, it would help the squadron out and um so the outside sam was like 
all right, I need, sir, I need some time to think about this. I'm going to go home and, and think about it. Can I, can I give you an answer tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. He's like, absolutely. The inside Sam is like, are you kidding me? I get yeah. to go home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My hometown. Like, yeah. Hang out in a hotel. Uh, you're going to give me a rental car, and I'm going to be, like, home, and, and you're going to be, like, 30 bucks a day per diem on top of that. I'm like, yeah. of course. But I pretend I was like, I was like, go. So I go home. I tell my roommate, he's like, I hate you. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. I'm like, yeah. so I, uh, I, I go, I make sure it makes sense. Literally, I call him and I was like, yeah, this will make sense. And I go back and the next day, I'm like, sir, I thought about it. it it'd be kind of selfish of me, not, you know, for me to force myself on his appointment when I'm yeah, yeah. going to be at the bottom. And that's the truth too, but it was also kind of funny that it worked out well. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm going to take the place as the, the least trained guy to go jump on, the, on his, on his uh, deployment so that one of your night systems instructors who would in theory be helping me is yeah. uh, is on a job that he doesn't want. I'm like, I'll go ahead and take it. So um, I took it and then uh, um, the quick aside to this is why it's the secret is funny. Um, my roommate is at lunch with some other guys and they're like, Hey, 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 uh, um, Hey, Tuffer, you, you know, Mitz, right. He's like, yeah, he goes, that guy's, we never met him, but he, man, he's an outstanding guy. He's taking his position so that we don't have to send so-and-so on it. He's like, that's pretty cool. And he's like, stop, stop, don't do that anymore. Any compliments. <laughs> wow, some loyal roommate you had there. What a yeah, jerk. Exactly. Sold, you, sold you out, man. Uh, he's like, stop giving him compliments. It's not a sacrifice for him. And he's like, but he said it as a, like a, a joke. Like the, yeah. Almost like the like the sister in Ferris Bueller kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, Ferris is a dick. Uh, but uh, it worked out well, and um, it worked out really well because I came out here, um, saw a different side of the military that we don't get to see. It's it's it's. Um, I worked for Central Command in the headquarters building, and Four Star Command headquarters building in their operations special activities planning, um, which is a lot of subs of subs of subs. But it was pretty interesting. Like like the stuff we worked on was cool. It was um, it was, it was a neat like like the topics you find out about. It's not like yeah. you know you're not doing cool sexy things, but you're reading about in helping support the people who do get to do those things mm-hmm. um which which is rewarding in a way yeah. um and uh, i show up and uh there's a marine lieutenant colonel is a is a, is a branch chief mm-hmm. and there's a um a navy lieutenant commander that's his deputy and there's a gs uh, 12 and there's like a few contractors and the whole office only has like seven people it's a very small it's a niche office with a specific mission um so uh, I go in there and the uh, other Marine captain is there and he's like, all right, yeah, that's what we do. And he's like, all right, so you do this. And then, uh, then I go to lunch for like an hour or two, you know, sometimes I PT and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, not skinny. I'm like, you're not PT. You're, not PT. <laughs> like, uh, you're yeah. getting double rats or something. You're not PT. Um, yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool. You know, that, that's that stuff. And then um, we do our turnover after like two weeks and he's gone and I'm sitting there and I keep like, asking the lieutenant colonel what he wants me to do. He's like, uh, read up on this plan and do this. And I'm like, okay, and he's throwing it around. And then uh, finally something comes up and there's like an extra, there's a, a conference in, in Bahrain or Qatar, mm-hmm. in uh, Qatar. And um, you know, I guess then as a junior captain to go support the conference. And um, it, it conferences are weird because you can be a captain or, you know, you can be like a, um, you know, I don't know, you can be a, a Lance Corporal, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're basically doing the same thing. You're, you're driving a car to and from the airport to pick up, you know, 
colonels and whatever to get them to the airport and right. arranging security and stuff. It, it's the same job. So, you know, Lance Corporal slash Captain Ashag's there, uh, yeah. um, you know, taking care of it. But you know, I'm, I'm going through it and I'm, and I'm doing it. And then uh, the, uh, the, uh, um, the, the Lieutenant Colonel, like finally, like when everything's said and done, he's like, oh, we need some slides made to present for this or whatever. I put them all together. And so after everything's done, he goes, Hey, can you do this? And he asked me to do something. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah. like, why? I'm like, I'm glad you're finally using me. I felt like useless. He goes, Yeah. Well, he goes, Well, the, the truth is, the last three people that the group sent out here were useless. He's oh, like, they basically God. picked whoever was like they didn't want in our squadron anymore. Like worse, like kind of what they're saying with the facts. He's like, because they basically right. found anybody who was either hurt or was already dropped their papers to resign or um was just a horrible pilot or they're afraid of or like whatever he's like and that's what we got he goes so our last three guys he goes there he goes i just thought you were one of them i was like <laughs> i was like no i actually came out here because i told him i was like this is my hometown or whatever um so he ended up uh, um uh supporting me a lot and, and that was pretty cool because that's uh, awesome um you know you prove yourself and he's like oh so it was it was a completely different thing and then he gave me a lot a lot of work um, uh, of course as, so then the funny thing was i uh um, do I have time? How much time? Uh, yeah, there's no no hard hard in or out. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then, um, so I don't want to like uh, dabble too long, but uh, no. this is a funny story though. Um, sure. and, and, and funny about it. <laughs> um, so I I do a um, um, I'm still in this this uh this area. I go back home. Mm -hmm. Oh, my six months ends. I go back, and, I, and as soon as I check in back to mirror i go get refreshed uh get recertified re i go back into miramar um i get in there and I, I check in i'm like hey i'm ready to deploy you know i got some refresh time at home i'm reset let me go i'll leave tomorrow i'm ready to go and um they're like okay i think we're gonna get things set up and then my monitor calls me the career monitor uh mm -hmm. calls me he's like hey um where do you want to go next i'm like i'm about to deploy he goes no you have to, you have to move I'm like, I just got what? back from the, I just got back from the other unit at Pendleton. He goes, yeah. yeah, we didn't count your Pendleton as a move. So on paper, you've been at Miramar this whole time. I'm like, like, I know I've been stationed here for five years. I've lived like 23 months in San Diego. Yeah, exactly. Like, been I'm all like over. in the past five and a half years. I'm like, I, I don't, I, 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 and he's like, he goes, no, you're leaving. You got to move. I was like, dude, I seriously don't want to. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, like, I'm about to deploy. He goes, and he's like, I'm not trying to be, and I knew him, like, we're, we're on super close friends, but we knew each other. He's like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, man. He goes, because you're my friend. I'll, I'll pick any place, pick Monterey, pick flight school, pick yeah, whatever. Yeah. He goes, I'll give you good deals. You can, and he goes, you just can't stay there. And I was yeah, like, oh. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to resign. He's like, all right, then I need your paperwork like tomorrow. He's like, I need oh, to know what wow. day because I, I need it like right away. All right, so I got to resign. And then I, I go back to the headquarters. And then the, um, the lieutenant colonel's like, um, I'm sorry, Captain. The lieutenant colonel's like, since you're resigning anyway, instead of making it for four months, can you make it six and go back to Tampa and refill your position so we don't have to find somebody else to fill it in the meantime? And I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I go back. For me. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah. which worked out well because the last week, I, uh, within the last two or three weeks I was here, I'm in Tampa again now, that uh, I was here in Tampa, um, I met who the girl who became my wife. Wow. So, you know, it was like, I'm getting out. It happens for a reason. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you're going to send me back there and I get to spend time with my girlfriend. That'll be cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But I came back. Oh, that's um, awesome. They put me in that same position. They, they were more than happy. They, they're, they're like, 
they're like, we're gonna do a by name request so that you know headquarters Marine Corps doesn't get mad that they're coming back here again. So they did a by name request and had the general sign it real quick. Um, I was like, thanks, I appreciate it. So I went from a position where they're like, yeah. whoever comes in here is crap to okay, we're gonna actually ask for somebody. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I. Uh, um, we're at the, we're, we're at a conference, and the conference is because the um, commander was changing, and a new commander was Petraeus back when, oh, you know, right, right, before he did whatever he did. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's checking in, and um, each of the sections has to put together briefs for what, what they are, where they stand. You know, bring them up to speed. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and um, I put together, I'm putting together a brief for our division, what we were doing in special activities. And um, beforehand, they're like, okay, we're going to go pre-brief the chief of staff. And um, I was like, okay, and I'm like, oh, it's your staff. And so uh, I go in there, and it's a two-star general, um, army guy, and um, Major General J. Hood. I'll use his name. I, I don't usually use names. Um, yeah. Like I don't, I don't use it, but I'll use his name because he's he's a good guy. He's, a, he's kind of a mentor to me. So um, awesome. I get in there, and he um, he uh, I brief him brief. I, I tell him what we're gonna do and whatever he wants to see the pre-brief, and he's got the, he's got the folder. He's got a folder, right? So bring a binder in. It's got the got the uh, brief in it, and, and I give it to him. And he's got the old one, and I expected him to give me back the old one mm-hmm. when I gave him the new one. And he keeps both of them and moves them off to the side. And so I brief him on everything that's going on. He asks like yeah. four or five questions. He's like, "What about this?" And I tell him. He's like, "What about this?" And I answer it. He's like, "Okay." And he goes, "He goes, all right, thank you, Captain." He goes, "Hi, right, Captain. Do you have any questions for me?" I'm like, "I." And I still remember the question. I'm like, um, "As for, just one, sir." I'm like written copy of this brief uh um it's a lot of pages a lot of work i'm like do you want a full binder tab for just the just the commander or do you want one for you the commander and the and, and the uh, deputy um and and his uh, aide how many do you want mm-hmm. um, he's like just the commander is fine we can just take scrap paper i was like mm-hmm. all right thank you sir and i'm like uh second question so he goes stop <laughs> he goes listen here captain he goes, if a two-star general tells you something, it's important enough to write down. Why didn't you write that down? Oh, and boy. I like, so I, I had my pen by that paper. And I, I grabbed a piece of paper from the guy next to me, and I wrote the word, yes. And I put it back in front of me. I'm like, okay, sir, second question. And I asked him the second question. He, he was, like, he just, like, he yelled at me. And yeah. um, and uh, it was it was a lot, it was even more stern than that. He was, like, yelled at me. And, um. I'm like second question, sir. Blah, blah blah. And he tells me the question, and I wrote it down like one, like whatever. I, didn't, I yeah. just wrote it down to write it down. And then, um, and uh, he's mad. He's living. He's like, Arr! so we leave. And um, and the lieutenant uh, commander's like, well, that went pretty well. <laughs> and uh, and so then, like an hour and a half, two, like three hours later, um, lieutenant colonel comes in. He goes, chief of staff wants to see you. Oh I was like, boy. Again, he's like, yeah, I go, oh, the other thing's like, you better always have a pen and paper if you talk to any senior officer. And you know, I was like, and so I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, why? He goes, ah, he goes, just go see him. So I report to him, I'm like, Governor, sir, uh, Captain Ashag reporting his order. He's like, hey, come in, come in here, Captain, have a seat. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I heard you went to Florida State. I was like, I did. He goes, my son's at Florida State. He's <laughs> there. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, okay, great. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, yeah. And he said something else. He makes a small talk. He goes, you're probably wondering why this mean old general that yelled at you a couple hours ago is now talking pleasantries with you and, and you're in his office. And I'm like, actually, I am, sir. He goes, 
wants you to come work for me. And I was like, wow. okay. He goes, uh, he goes, you made me really upset. He goes, I was, I was steaming when he left. And I turned to my the army lieutenant colonel that works for me. And I'm like, do you believe the audacity of that captain? He, he goes, um, he goes, he, he didn't even write what I said. And he goes, the lieutenant colonel said, uh, general, um, that, that captain briefed everything, um, answered every single one of your questions. Uh, and he goes and asked the right questions back. And Lieutenant Commander and Lieutenant Colonel, like, didn't say a word other than, like, good morning. He's like, it's a good point. And I don't have any Marines on my team. Let's bring them on. A, let's bring them on our staff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, you went to FSU. I need a Marine on my staff. He goes, you can apparently handle stress and an ass chewing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Always good qualities. Like, yeah. I was like, yes, sir, you aren't the first person to um, correct me if you want to say so. Yeah. Um, but it, it was great. So I worked for him and um, it was really good. And and this is this is why this is what I loved about the guy. Um, and, and we still talk now. Like he he, he retired and moved back to Tampa and um and uh and uh we've actually ran into each other in Abu Dhabi, which I'll get to in a little bit. He um he uh he he does the same thing to colonels. So uh Damn. I'm there like whatever and he he walks in one day and I I, I, I want to make sure he doesn't get crap thrown on his desk. And uh, when things come up, it's supposed to go through, you know, the branch chief, the director, and then um, the staff secretary, which is like the screening office. And then and then it comes to him. Um, so I've got, I, I regularly look at him and I'm like, oh man, I, I make some misspellings, like ac wrong acronyms, like yeah. mistakes, big mistakes that are little mistakes, but we all make them. Like, you know, you have a paragraph twice, the same paragraph twice because you thought you deleted it when you copied it right, or whatever. Right. And, um, and so I, I do things like that. And he walks by, he looks down, he's like, what are you doing? Like that, just and he goes. Do you correct paperwork that gets to my desk? <laughs> I was like, well, I, I'm like, I correct it and send it back if it's coming to you. He goes, yeah. No, he's like, grabs it. He goes, tell Colonel Smith, I need to see him right now. And he <laughs> grabbed the paper from my hand <laughs> and took it into his office. And his office is at a little tiny office, like like the walkway area. Right. And his office is to the side. And a dividing thing is basically a paper thin sliding door that doesn't latch. Like it was just it was right. a door um, completely here straight through it. And, um, and so I, I called the colonel and I'm like, sir, this is Captain Nashag. Uh, the chief of staff would like you to come by his office. He goes, um, okay, what's he, uh, the, what's he need? The, uh, wh who should I send? I'm like, no, sir. He, he wants you to come by his office. He's like, wait, the chief of staff asked for me. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. He's like, you know what this is about? I'm like, I'll give you a heads up. I'm like, I uh, had a paper that was routed up here and I was going to, I generally send it back to your staff when I see mistakes. And um, this one wasn't corrected. He's like, Oh, um, can I come in like 45 minutes? I'm like, yeah, yeah. he said, just got here before uh, he goes, because actually um, yeah, we go talk 1630. He goes, he said he wanted to see you at 1645. He's like, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because basically that's his hazing, like make him stay late. Yeah. So he comes yeah. up. Um, he comes up and he goes through it. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, I get up like, hey, sir, like, because yeah, I'm whatever. But uh, I know it's coming. So he goes in, and uh, the general's like, Sam, can you close that door for us, please? I was like, of course. Close yeah. the door, and he goes, yeah. and he slams it down. He goes, can you tell me what this? And he's yelling. I'm, I'm just you know, of trying to keep the mic from echoing. <laughs> like, can you tell me what this is? what this is about he's like oh, he goes he goes please tell me that you either a never went to college 
or B, sign your name to this without even looking at it. Because if you did read it and you did approve it as is, I think I'm going to have to have you fired. Oh, <laughs> like, man. He's like, he goes, this is pure crap. He goes, so tell me, have you read this? And he's like, not really. I kind of trusted my guys, to be honest with you. So he goes, he's like, yell at him. He goes, he goes, trust is one thing. He's like, letting crap get on my desk is another. He's like, yells at him. He's like, he goes, that's your yeah. signature. You're responsible. He's like, going off. Then after like a few seconds of that, he goes, how long have you been at CENTCOM? And he's like, uh, about six months. He's like, where'd you come from? He's like, Indiana. And he goes, Indiana. Did you bring family with you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like talking to him. He's chatting it up. And all of a sudden it flips and it's cordial. And it's wow. like, you know, it's not because the general has a split personality. It's because his, his MO is to see how you react and see if you like, he's, 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 you know, seeing what you're metal, what yeah. you're made of. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, the guy reacts. And so he comes back out and he goes, <laughs> he's like, and, um, you know, and the whole rest of it. And I think he's still in shock. Like, wait a minute. He didn't yell at me. He got yeah. it up. And, um, and the fact that he's still calm when you go in there, plus he's the chief of staff. And I didn't realize how big of a deal the chief of staff is for a four-star general. So, sure, um, sure. and he's supposed to be the hammer. So he comes back out. He's like, so I guess I'm going to rewrite this. And I'll <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. I'm like, I'm like, sir, if you, uh, if you need anything, I'm like, if you call my, this line, it rings to me, not to him. Weird. I'll take care of you, sir. He's like, yeah. he's like, thank you. <laughs> and so, um, oh. I was bummed because I have to wait here until he's done. It took a couple more hours, so I go home at like seven that night. But, um, but that's the kind of guy he was, and it was interesting. And everybody feared him until they, right? But if you did right with him, yeah, you're fine. And if if you were a mess up, you remained a mess up. He, oh yeah, he was a yeah, hammer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely a good guy. But uh, I had a pretty good career. And then, um, I'll, I'll be quick with the rest. I got it. Uh, Pretty good deal. I got out, became a reservist, mm-hmm. um, went back on active duty orders, uh, was an exercise officer for, for Marine Central Command, which was pretty cool, working a lot in the Middle East and, and setting up uh, wow. joint exercises. And then um, from that, one of them segued into a um, a position in, uh, as a liaison officer at the embassy in Abu Dhabi, which is, you know, probably the 54th best job in the Marine Corps. Like, it was a great job. It was yeah. like good living, good life, good, good, good task to do a, a good balance between um the stress it's a no fail job it's a little high stress like it's zero fail like you have to be yeah like, when you have a task it has to be perfect mm-hmm. but your tasks are not heavy they're not often um so you just make sure you're you know rock it and do a hundred percent perfect task yeah. take a little break and so uh um which i which i liked it was, it was a good balance of stress and um yeah. but yeah i had a great time and um we met our, our mutual friend mike there mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um so uh um, met some other really good people there. My wife was able to come out there for a little while and oh, live, awesome. live a really great time on that. So uh, that made up for like sleeping in ditches and getting blown up and all the other things we do. And uh, yeah. deal with. Um, it was a nice, sure. nice reward after the fact. And then uh, I did a, uh, a deployment to uh, Honduras um, oh, with a, what they call the uh, SP Magtas, Purpose Marine Air Ground Task Force, South Southern Command. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they ran out of words to put in there. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Which was a... Uh, which was an interesting one. It wasn't one, was my favorite deployment, but it was interesting. And nice, the cool thing was um, that was a unit. We uh, went to Haiti after uh, Hurricane George, one of the hurricanes um, hit Haiti. You know, mm-hmm. Whatever hurricane that year was the one that destroyed Haiti. Right. Until the next one destroyed Haiti. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we, we got to be the response force for that, and we had a pretty good wow. deal. So. But that wraps up most of my career. I don't want to dwell too much on 
I mean, we've already been on it for a little while. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was it's been a good run. I mean, it, but it's 28 years of stuff to grab me there, really. So I got uh, yeah, 17 years active. To to years. Yeah, so uh, it's it, 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 you know wrapping it up into a few quick seconds. You're like, oh, what'd you do? I'm like, yeah, stuff a and bit things. of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that is uh, is definitely a, a lengthy and, and varied and reward, as you mentioned, rewarding career. Um, and then, uh, you know, going into civilian life, I mean, obviously the reserves isn't a full time career. What did what did you get into and how did that lead into what you're in now with uh, with politics? Um, none of it leads into politics. The politics is completely separate. Funny. Say, okay. like, yes, it was. It wasn't like uh, segueing into that with my careers. It was just it was just a, it was a pivot. Um, the. Uh, when I first got out, when I first got off of uh, active duty, uh, before I did, when jumped back on active duty as mobilized as a reservist, I um, started a film company, like a media company. Oh, yeah. um, we did some, uh, some small things like weddings and like bar mitzvahs and um, some, and then some like corporate training, corporate internal video kind of thing. Cool. Um, getting that off, and I enjoyed it. It, it was uh, it was really fun. Um, and, and, and like it, it's, you know, it's also sales. You know, running a small business, it's also sales full time, trying to get clients. Sure. Oh yeah. So, a little bit stressful but it, but I still enjoy it and even like people like are like oh i have to make wedding i actually enjoyed making wedding videos like they're, they're, because there's still a level of stress because you only get one shot to capture it like you don't get to do retakes like with that right with a, um, corporate video it pays more and there's no stress like you're just like oh, we'll do take three. Oh, that doesn't look right let's let's film yeah, let's yeah. Film the bookshelf again let's let's, yeah. let's rewrite down the uh the safety policy when you come in through the door or whatever like it's, it's exactly um, but with the wedding you know you get one shot to catch the bouquet toss and all those kind of things and, and i kind of liked it i was like stress is good um yep, yep. and uh and most of the time i got food so i was like okay you know. even better yeah yeah so uh did that for a little while and with that i, I made a, a tv pilot Oh, and um, wow. sent it to Warner Brothers, and it was it was designed. Um, I'd done it in um, multiple twelve minute, two like every episode was twelve minutes long, okay. um, but every episode was written so that, that I could take episodes one and two and make it a standard like twenty two minute uh, right, show, right. and then um, episode three and four the same way. And my goal was because at the time there was a there was roughly a ten minute limit on YouTube. This is like two thousand seven. There's like a 10 minute limit on YouTube that they can get pushed a little bit further. Um, Netflix wasn't doing original media yet. Um, it was mm-hmm. Board House of Cards and such. And my goal was to set it up and segue. And I was trying to sell it to like Netflix and be like, hey, you guys should do this. And and people are like, you're crazy. No one's going to buy. No one's going to subscribe. No one cares about like made for like that kind of thing. Like, you're okay. You might do some web, you might get some. Uh, web videos, webisodes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, remember that term for a short term, uh, like, but no one's going to like whatever. And that was the push. And I finally got to start talking to somebody at Warner Brothers because they liked the concept. And within a week of finally getting the phone call to the right person that could actually send an email back, um, I got a cease and desist letter and got sued by what? a company that wanted to use the same name. So the name of my show was called Closing Time. Oh. And, um, and I had called the... Um, um, Semisonic, who's a band that was out in the uh, '90s that had a song called "Closing Time." If, if, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I called and asked about rights to use it in um, in the song, and they were kind of iffy. They were like, "No, it's not enough money, but we'll see," kind of thing. Um, but they couldn't they couldn't protest the name even for copyright because it was a show, not 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 the song. Right. Um, somebody else applied for a trademark for the show concurrently, and they were oh. a public access station in uh, Maryland 
Um, and so they applied for the per, uh, permit, did their search, because when you apply for a trademark, you have to do you have to do a diligent search to make sure it's not out there. Their search brought down my website and my advertising and all this stuff and, and the filings I had. So they were like, you have to cease and desist. We're using this. I'm like, nah, like I've been using it longer. Like, no, you have it. And so we went back and forth and um, um, went to a lawyer. <laughs> this is like, you know, not telling people they should be their own lawyer. But I didn't have it before. So I go into a lawyer and I'm, and I'm filling it out in a, a, a trademark law and, a, and and that kind of law is very by the book, like by the, and like kind of like the tax law. It's very much a, um, did you do this? And then the next step says, you know, file your form 1044 with this filled yeah. in. It, it, it's almost like self-explanatory until you get in front of the judge for the argument. It's, it's very much just process based. Yeah. And, um, and so and I'm a process minded person. So um, I, I put a bunch of it together, went to go, went to go talk to a lawyer and the lawyer's like, is it, you fill out all this paperwork correctly. He goes, and I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, my retainer is nine grand. He goes, this will probably cost you about 18 grand in the end. He goes, um, um, he goes, and you have about a 50, 50 shot. He goes, oh, he goes, he goes, I'll give you 51, then 49. He goes, it depends which judge you get. Is because it's a yeah. real fine line, and, and the fine line um, was, I had put up my website and advertised its name. I had, um, you know, recruited under it, so my my auditions were like, hey, be be a cast member in, in uh, closing time. Yeah. Um, I done all that, but they, even though they started months after that, they released their first episode on that public access station before I put it up online. Oh so, yeah. So trademark law is like weird with like first in use yeah intended use and i'd have to make the argument that by advertising and having a website that talked about the show that that's not intent to use which would be the same as like if i wrote it down in my house that since right. the website was up and live and you can click on it and you can click for more information and coming soon that that was in use and that um um them doing it where it was after me so we fought each other and um and but but with that everything stopped nobody would talk to me like uh, nobody they, they wouldn't even send an email back because they don't want to be and you know they don't want to be brought into course. the case at all so they stopped even they wouldn't even send an email so they stopped sending me emails they literally just completely it stopped just wow. film, like, God, annoying. yeah so uh that actually after that was happening for a couple months that's actually what drove me to say you know what i gotta figure out what i'm doing so that's when i actually asked for um the reserves to mobilize me I'm like can you guys mobilize me for about six months and they're like yeah. they're like we'll, we'll call you back if something comes up and they call me back about a month and a half later like i can mobilize you but you have to take the whole like almost a whole year like, like a year wow. i was like i don't know but i took it and it became five so <laughs> holy cow so each year i asked i actually was right and i asked for another one um, and the one year going to uae was because after the um after the second year I was like, I did the exercise. The exercise was really successful. It was, it was a good time. I was like, okay, I got out of the Marine Corps to work on the next step of my life. I'm going to try it again. And so I went in there. I'm like, I'm going to get out. I'm like, uh, and I talked to the colonel. I'm like, uh, well, you know, I'm getting out. Um, unless you guys want to send me to uh, UAE for that position. He's like, is that an ultimatum? Is that a threat? I'm like, <laughs> I was like no, I know, is it working? Uh, I'm letting you know because the culture amongst most of the reservists in this command are they try to save stay for the max five years. I'm like, so I want you to know now so that you can advertise. I'm like, I'm, I'm it's not, I'm truly just telling you so you can uh, 
um, look for someone because I don't want the same job here in Tampa. Like if I stay in Tampa, I want to do something not military. Yeah. Like or I want to go do something cool somewhere else. Yeah. He's like, you're not getting that job. Some politics stuff happened, and then he goes, "Hey, you're lucky. You're getting that job." I was like, "Oh, so awesome. so they said me yeah. out." But um, but during that time, um, that and then the footage became old. So by the time the case was settled, um, I finally settled it. Um, gave them a little bit of money, but they released all their uh, they, they they abandoned it, and they're like, "Like my client has decided." Oh, um, we have time to two more stories. <laughs> time so uh, um, I call up the lady. And I'm talking to her, the, the lawyer, and I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, I'm like this. And so I come up with what I think is a completely reasonable idea. I say, hey, I'm like, you're trying to sell. And his show is completely different. His show was like, he was trying to be like a Jimmy Kimmel, like kind of like a, a night show. Mine was a scripted, right. funny comedy drama kind of thing. Um, completely different series. Um, I was like, hey, I'm like, you're trying to do one like, completely different style show on the other. We're not directly competing. I'm like, but the name is important to me. I'm like, and I can see how it works for you guys too. I'm like, so I'm not arguing that. I'm like, how about this? I'm like, I'm only trying to sell to like six companies. I'm like, we'll, 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 we'll use a co-use agreement. I'm like, I will redirect traffic. My splash page, when you come to my website, will be like closing time with my image and everything. And I'll have another one that says, are you looking for closing time with so-and-so? Click here. And it'll basically be, yeah. you put in closing time, you come to us and you pick which one you want. I'm like, I'm like, in its best case, this might help both of us because if someone looks for me and they say, well, what is this other? You're going to get a few clicks and you're going to get some thing. I'm like, and vice versa. I'm like, I think that's fine for now. I'm like, if either one of us gets a contract with a real company like APT, CBF, a true network, and I'm not, not yeah. saying that you're, I, I had a word so that it wasn't their local. Like, oh yeah, my my public access station is is giving me a contract for a hundred bucks. Like, uh, yeah, I went, yeah. uh, so I, I put in some terms and she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, or whatever. And I'm like, in that way, what do you say? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that'll work. Uh, and she's like, I'll put the paperwork together. I was like, cool. She so sends awesome. the paperwork. It's a complete cease and desist. Give them all my website names. Cause I had closing time.com. She's like, <sighs> it says, give me everything. I'll destroy it. It says I will destroy all papers and advertisements that have the name closing time on it. I won't associate anything with it. Like it's, it's, it's completely nothing what we spoke about. Wow. And I call her back and I'm like, ma'am, I'm like this conversation or this paper that you sent me is nothing like our conversation. And she goes, she goes, look, I don't have time for people like you to just uh, try to steal my client's ideas and, and work. And she's like, just goes off on this like tangent. And I was like, and then the Marine came, I mean, came out and I was like, stop. She's like, excuse me. I'm like, listen, I'm like I'm not a lawyer. I respect that you are. I'm like, and it seems from the prices you charge, you're pretty good in your field. I'm like, but here's the deal. I'm like, I, I'm not stealing anything from your client. And I've been yeah. using the first. I'm like, if you can't find a way to kill use, like I'm going to destroy you. This is going to be the most painful case you've ever had that you lose to with somebody representing themselves. I'm like, so I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to hang up on you. I'm going to call you back and pretend I never spoke to you before. And I'm going to reintroduce myself and we're going to start this relationship over. And I hung up on her. Wow. <laughs> and I think she was in so much shock. I called her back like two minutes, three minutes later. And I'm like, hello, so-and-so. My name's Sam Nashag. I'm uh, owner of uh, Mitz Media. Um, I'd like to introduce myself because I understand we have a legal dispute going on. And she's like, um, <laughs> um, nice, nice to meet you, Sam. I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'd like to go and set up a uh, a follow-on phone call where we can discuss options 
and look at it and then start scheduling a discovery period. And she's like, uh, okay, thanks. And, and the funny thing is for the next year and a half, she was completely, we, we had friendly emails, cordial. Amazing. Like, like if I called her up, I was like, Hey man, blah, 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 like super friendly. Like, you know, yeah. like quick, like not a lot of small talk, but like, you know, friendly yeah, it, yeah, and, uh, cordial. and uh, all the way up until like the very last email, uh, because she basically came in and she goes, my client has decided to, he's no longer interested in doing, pursuing this show. And I was and in my head, I, I finished the sentence and said, because it totally sucked balls, but yeah, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, she goes, and he's willing to settle with you for $45,000. And I go, that's hilarious. I'm like, I'm not paying the yeah. $45,000 he spent to hire you for the past two years. I'm like, I'm going to go to court. I'm going to win. Let's go to court. And she's like, uh, and he, and she knows he's not going to pay to go to court. So she wants to get paid. Right. So, uh, yeah. um, I'm like, she's like, um, okay. And she comes back. She goes, okay. He's decided to lower it to 28,500. I'm like, again, I not think you me. I'm like, I am not going to pay for your services. Yeah. I'm like, I think that this was frivolous. I gave him an option the first day to completely do co-use and had he executed that option, you guys would be the um, the uh, name holder mm. with a contingency on sale. I'm like, and he chose not to do that. I will, I'm like, he can call me back when he's willing to give it to me. I'm like, or we can go to court in 38 days when it's scheduled. And then, um, and she goes, she goes, and then finally she's calling me back there. She goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, okay. And, and I'm calling her bluff because at this yeah. point in my life, I was super, super broke. I did not have money. Oh, I go, I go. Here's my offer. It's the only offer. There's no counter. $10,000. You release everything. I get full use. I'm like, but as you're doing this paperwork, I have six, uh, six months of 180 days to, uh, to pay you. Like I'm not paying you now. I pay you in 180 days, uh, $10,000 full use. I'm like, or I forfeit my use. Mm -hmm. And she's like, he's not going to go for that. And this is when we started getting hostile again. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I go, I'm like, it's not your job to tell me what he's going to go for. It's your job to find out what he goes for. And I hung up on her because <laughs> she was yelling at me. And then uh, she's a lawyer. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm a naval aviator. I'm like, come on. Like, like yeah. it, and naval aviators become lawyers if you watch JAG. So it was uh, a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so, so true to life. That's the best part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she calls back like 30 minutes later. She, she, he's sending it over. You only accept it if you sign it by 3 p.m. I'm like, I'll sign it. Yeah. And I send it back. I'm like, oh crap. I've got six months to find ten thousand dollars and I can't even pay rent this month. What's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but it I made it by like no kidding, by like four days. Um, wow. Um, went into Navy Fed, I got a job, got stabilized a little bit, went into Navy Fed, got a loan and wired it the next day in a loan, and it was like two days before the forfeit day. Holy and, cow. But then I haven't been able to use it since then, but at least I own the copyright. So good, good. Uh, wow. And that's wild. 15 years later, slowly, still awesome. I still think the show is great. You know, yeah. once a year I rewatch it. I'm like, oh, I did all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, something for your legacy. Um, yeah. um, but then since then, I was, uh, I went to project management. So okay. uh, yeah. construction and IT project management, both. Um, well, yeah, certainly your career as an officer lends itself to project management. So. It does. And especially the, ex the exercise planning. Is, is sure. they absolutely so I mean, many that's moving parts? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, we same thing. Multiple timelines, and like you know, everything. It's it's exactly project management. And ironically, 
um, people think like, oh, film, military, it's a very vast different. It's not like, like yeah. literally producing a show is pro it's project management. Oh, it, for sure. It's, for it's, sure. it's and much like in the military, you're you know you're trying to get people to do what they need to do, and you got to deal with personalities. <laughs> it's like that you do. How do I get? Like, I'm a captain. How do I get six other captains to do their job? And then the same thing when you're producing a show. Like, like hey, yeah. you know, how do I get this the light guy to do his thing? This actor with an ego to do this and this. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's it's all the same skills. It's, a, it's those soft skills you can't really. For sure, for sure. Now and and now you're running for office, right? I am. I'm running for a U.S. Congress, awesome. District 14 here in Tampa. I'm running as a Republican. The district is a 14 point leading Democrat district. Damn, with that's a, a year incumbent, yeah, a sixteen-year incumbent. Um, she's embedded, and her family before that was embedded. Um, but it's a perfect storm year, right? So mm. it's not a presidential election year, which means turnout will be low. Yep. It's a drive to turn out. It's um, everybody's upset with gas prices. Everybody's upset with Biden. Oh, of course. Um, you know, Congress has a low, such a low approval rating. Um, everything's been going wrong, and, and this particular, um, not to get super political on the show, um, this particular. Uh, Representative that's in there, the congresswoman that's there now. I've met her a couple of times. Pleasant lady, nice, but she really does nothing. Like she's yeah. just a rubber stamp. Like whatever the speaker of the house puts on, she says yes. That's all she does. And if wow. and if a, a Republican bill comes up, she says no. Um, so regardless of whether you stand Republican or Democrat for anybody else, it, it's it's not the way. You can't just be a pure, part, literally a hundred percent party line voter. That's, yeah, that was like Barbara Boxer, a senator from California. That's all she was. It's just this rubber stamp. It was. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. There's no, there's nothing. Here. So I think they're in. Um, and, and and I think people are starting to notice that. Like I, I, I um, hope so. Yeah. I, I called her out in her. Um, we had a forum, and um, it, it's a, it's a district that is got twelve hundred registered Democrats, six hundred independents, and twenty eight literally twenty eight registered Republicans. Wow. And I go in there and they have a meet the community event, meet the, meet the candidate event. And I'm there and I, and I go, Hey, how many people here believe in term limits? And I guess I'm like, yeah, yeah. And the head nods and hand raises and whatever. I'm like, how many people think that, you know, this shouldn't be a full-time job. And after we do a few years, we should hand it off to the next person from the community. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like how many people are going to vote to send Kathy Castor back for her third decade in government? <laughs> they all pause and they <laughs> don't say anything. And I go, I'm Sam Nashag. I'm running as a Republican. There's an R next to my name. I'm like, but if you look at the seat next to me that says Kathy Castor, it's empty. I'm like, and I would bet you anything, she's never been here in 18 years. You guys have done this. Yeah. And they're all and they're all like, hmm. I'm like, so we're gonna disagree on things. Like, because yeah, by the numbers, twelve hundred of you, and there was only like a few dozen people in the audience. I'm like, I'm like, by the numbers, you're all Democrats. I'm a Republican. I'm like, but I bet you if we talk to each other, there's a lot more things we agree on than disagree on. For I'm sure. like, no matter what we agree on, it's more than what she's going to agree on with you because she's not here. And yeah. they're like, yeah. Mm. So I, I, that's that's where I'm heading with this. So that's my uh, goal. I do have primary opponents um, um, who who being a veteran doesn't set me apart from because one is a Coast Guard veteran. Oh wow! And I guess that yeah. counts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what are they, uh, like Department of Energy or something crazy? Like they're not even DOD, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other guy was a um, um, a Green Beret um, oh, okay. a couple decades ago, and um, uh, pre 
like pre 9 11, maybe 9 11 time, but like pre basically before that Green Beret um, and did some cool things apparently. Um, mm -hmm. But he's a, uh, he's been running a, a, a security company, government's government contract, a security company. So he's a millionaire now and he's self funding his campaign. So he's got an advantage with that. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Uh, my advantage is I actually live here and have lived here. They That's don't a big live deal. here. Yeah. yeah they don't live here. He, he moved to the next district over about a year ago. Before that, he lived across the state so he wasn't really local interesting uh, i yeah it's weird to me that people want to run for seats where they don't live yeah well he's, he's just trying he i'm not gonna talk bad about him because he's a he's a, he's a fellow veteran and um he's yeah. a gentleman to me when i met him and we're polite and, and i don't believe in bashing uh fellow people but you know if you're a democrat you should pass other democrats and if you're republicans you should we shouldn't pass each other in our in, our, in either party it's, it's not good for the parties right uh not the parties the greatest things in the world but you know, it's just not the right thing. It's, and and uh, um, but he, um, it's, it, it appears that the, the the obvious appearance is like he's trying to buy what the easiest he would be for him to buy, mm. right? So okay, can't yeah. run in his district because that guy, you know, is is a Republican, very strong, very highly supported, has has, has money as well. Mm -hmm. um, so he's like, oh, I can't run against these guys, and can't run south of us because that guy is like the third richest person in Congress, so he can't run oh, against geez. him. And then, um, uh, you know, can't run into the north, and, and so he's got the he's got the thing where he's like, I'm just going to run in that district, and, and it's kind of frustrating because yeah. his desire to be a congressman somewhere shouldn't be his desire. I, I don't think. Like, yeah, like, yeah. There's a difference between service and that, and, and and again, he's he's a good he's a good guy, but um, my desire is to like fix the city I've lived in for the past forty city I've called home for forty years, and, and make yeah. sure that we fix it here, and on top of here, and and. and the other gentleman has like good goal. He's got a good, his platform is very similar. Like we have very similar platforms. Like we're not, we can't pick each other apart on how we feel because we feel a lot of the same way, which is again, I'm not going to. And, and and if he, and I told his campaign and I said, this, like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm playing to beat you. But if the day after the primaries, you're the winner and you say, Hey, Sam, jump on my team, like help me win. I'm like, I'm going to help you beat Kathy because oh, that's more sure. important. I'm like, uh, I'm like, so that's the step. I'm like, and, and that's why I'm not, I'm like, that's why I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to be a gentleman the whole time. I'm not going to talk bad about you because you may be the guy we all have to get behind. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think so. Um, and then a third gentleman in our race is kind of has a different philosophy. He, he daily attacks um, the other guy. Oh, and, great. Uh, and, uh, and the other guy, uh, when the other guy uh, signed up, he, he, well, he bought, we'll put it this way. He bought the website for KathyCastro.com. He bought that website for nice. future use and, and redirects it to him. He bought. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you go to KathyCastro.com, it redirects to his page. And then, um, so he comes around and he goes, if you want to find out more about me or her, just go to Kathy Castro. I was like, that's pretty smart. But yeah. I think he, um, he, he, he bought my website because the day I, I think he bought SamNashag.com. The day after I met him, it became a, it got sold. Oh. Uh... So yeah, yeah, right. Up there. I guess that's a word. So it was like, assuming it's him, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But he had he regularly attacks the other guy. Um, he doesn't attack me yet. It's really unless I'm unless I'm hiding something for myself. Even I, there's nothing to attack me on. So, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and, and uh, yeah, they they both had some uh, uh, camp uh, campaign issues with their paperwork filing and those kind of things. And so he's yeah. even though he had himself very slimmer issues. He sorry attacked the other guy for having those issues. Oh, and he, like he called me, he's like, "Hey, you want to you want to do a joint press release on this?" I'm like, "No, man." I'm like, "I didn't. I didn't I'm not, not going to bash you. I'm not going to bash him." I'm like, "We got it." Like, 
we all need to be focused on one goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, Run a like, solid uh, campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been, it's fun. It's my first time running. I declared like 30 days ago. Like I just, oh, I declared wow. the last day. Um, you have to turn your paperwork in and it tell has their capital. So I jumped in the car with my sister. So yeah, let's go drive for four hours and drove up the <laughs> Crashed to the hotel. Uh, next morning, got up, turned in the paperwork and the filing fee. And they got the stamp, and then I was like, "All right, I'm running for Congress. Let's go!" So, Holy cow, that's wild, um, man. And, when's, uh, uh, when's the primary? Uh, the primary is on August 23rd. Mm. So, uh, um, yeah, going through there, going through. If anybody wants to throw in a few bucks, go for it. Yeah, but, yeah. What's uh, uh, yeah? What's your site? Plug uh, samforflorida.com. Okay. So uh, samforflorida.com. Uh, um, Talk to my strategist. I don't need to raise like millions of bucks or hundreds of thousands. I just need to raise enough money to buy my flyers and, and, and business cards and those kind of things. Sure. Um, it really needs to be like grassroots. Uh, but yeah, that's why I, literally if you guys have 50 bucks to spare, you know, I appreciate it. You know, didn't, didn't go out here to beg for money, but it's hey. politics. You always have to have money in it. it unfortunately, especially when you have a guy who's like, I got $5 million of my own money. I'll pay for whatever I want. So yeah, you know, must be nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't compete with him for ad time or space time or any of that. I'm not trying to, but uh, you know, just printing up, you know, a thousand flyers here and two thousand mailers here. It, you know, it goes a long way. Sure. thousands of dollars. So, uh, yeah, but every every bit helps. Every fifty bucks helps. So, yep. you know, go SanfordFlorida.com. Um, yeah. And uh, that link will be down in uh, the description and anywhere where I, I promote this episode on uh, anywhere you get your podcast, YouTube, um, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, I'll include that link as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty interesting, right? I, I've enjoyed running. I, I get people who actually call. Mm-hmm. Like I have my phone number on on the uh, material. I have my phone number on the website. And I get people who call and they're like, "I have a question about where you stand on this." I, was like, <laughs> I tell them, and they're yeah. like, "Okay." And, and um, it's funny because a few of the times when I when I did, I was like, "Oh wait, they're uh, they're uh, this is a trap." Like, what do I say? And, yeah. And I, I, I literally just tell them the truth, which is. I'm like, hey, I'm like, this is easy. this, and, and I don't know if they're way more right than me. If they're looking for a, if it's a trick question or recording to me, to like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, I have no clue what they're calling for by telling the truth. And they're like, okay, and it surprised me across the board. Everybody's actually asked. It's been like, okay, that's a good answer. Thanks for taking the call. I think you have my vote. And um, like, wow. two of them were like, you definitely have my vote now. And some of them were like, all right, uh, uh, I can't promise you I'm going to vote for you, but right now you're you're my choice. I'm going to keep researching. I'm like. That's all I got to ask. That's all I can ask for. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, cool. yeah, so it's pretty neat to, to get that. I, I was like, man, people are really calling. And it, it makes yeah. you kind of feel good that people are involved. Like yes. That. Like, like it, it doesn't have to be – you don't have to be at a protest to be involved. You don't have to, like, right. change Right. Well, and it's almost counterproductive anyway. I look at so many protests. I'm like, I hate those people. Like, I'm, yeah. whatever, they're, whatever side they're on, I'm on the other one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah, the phone calls are like, yes, that is. those are my type of people. I yeah. like them. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to get their own information because, I mean, God knows you can't trust anything you read in newspapers Absolutely. or anything else. Yeah, Got to do yeah, your own research. Yeah, especially if we all choose like our own echo chamber uh, media sources. Like, of course, like, I already feel this way, so I'm only going to watch Fox. Well, yeah. I already feel this way, so I'm only to watch MSNBC. I'm like, ooh, either one of those are necessarily the right answer. Yeah, uh, yeah. People would ask, so like, like, do you watch news? I'm like, I watch all of it. I'm like. I, I haven't watched TV oh man, since hockey. <laughs> I don't think I've turned TV on since Lightning Lost. But um, yeah, the, uh, um, like I used to occasionally watch like 
at least once a week about an hour's worth of uh two hours worth of msnbc um rachel maddow and, and as keith who i completely disagree with like 99 and a half percent of the time um but i just want to see what their thoughts are like what sure. the process is what they're thinking and 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 um hey so listen to rush limbaugh and rachel maddow i don't like rachel maddow but i have this like mad respect for her mm-hmm. because she is an entertainer and she understands how to deliver a message and yeah. she understands how to put it out there and much like rush That's did true. and they both you know both of them could probably be friends <laughs> because they probably neither one of them really are as strong in their like a- opinions on the show as they are in real life right they're, they're both they're entertainers and they're, they just yeah. have to be political entertainers and they they both do it really well sure. and so I'd sit it and it like drive me crazy what she was saying. I was like, "This is so wrong." Yeah, like, but that's delivered? the idea. Oh, she's she's yeah, ginning up yeah, whatever side it is, she's ginning it up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like I'm like that's pretty impressive. So I'd watch her and like I said, it'd be infuriating. Like, how can you support Biden? Yeah. Oh, it's, like, it's but, but the way she's presenting it, I, I gotta give her credit. Yeah. There's, there's people watching this saying, "Okay, okay, naughty." <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, as we're wrapping up, and of course, I'll I'll plug uh, any links any links that you have. But um, do you have any advice for someone who's looking to join the military? Absolutely. Um, if you think it's for you, take the plunge. Yeah. Um, but if, by the same token, and not to talk people out of it, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're timid because you think it's going to be hard work, or you think you may not get through the boot camp, that's not the right reason. But if like in your heart, it's it's not gonna be what you want. Then then that's fine too. Like don't, it, it's not you don't have to go there. Um, yeah. But but uh, but take the leap. You know you know do do the normal things they tell you during a delayed out entry program. You know go ahead and run so that you're not miserable. I hate running. Um, so you're not miserable when you show up to do camp. Um, do those things, but go ahead and take the thing. I mean, like I can tell you. I mean, like we said, like you know going back two hours. So like uh, we started off poor. We started off like yeah. really poor and. It wasn't the only step that got us to where it was, but it was the the absolute catalyst to get us from, you know, poverty to completely successful lives. I mean, yeah. um, between three, oh, I guess my sister might make more, but I mean, we all make, my brother and sister make more than I do, and I, I do all right. And yeah. um, my brother and sister are both making more than I do. And um, and that's the American dream. I mean, that's the way to go. And, and if, if the stepping stone or the career is the military, then do it. I mean, it's, it's got great things. And there's going to be times, um, especially if you had a job outside of the military, there are going to be times when you're like, this sucks. Um, yep. But just realize that's every single job. Mm-hmm. And as much as it sucks in the military, as far as work environment, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to really appreciate how little people work outside of the military. And, and um, if you have the if you have the attitude and, and the mentality of the type of person that wants to be in the military, you're going to see a big difference. And yeah. um, you'll, I think you'll find your way. That's the biggest thing is, is and, and talk to people, like find out what job you want. If you don't know any job and you're willing to just go out there, um, you know, and try to. And if you do have a job in mind that you want, then don't let the recruiter trick you into something else. Right, right. Get, get what you want. It's written. Just make sure it's because they, they kind of screwed me out of little things. Like, you know, like you said, at that point in my life, you know, money was important and there was like a $2,500 signing bonus, which was massive to me in oh, 1994. It's massive to me right now. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like life-changing massive. Yeah, exactly. even like 25 well, years on inflation, that's still a lot of money. Exactly. To yeah, it's a lot of money. And you're in New York, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's almost like three coffees for you. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, yeah. I mean, that's almost three months' rent. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just meant like New York being so expensive. Oh but yeah, yeah it, New York's ridiculous. It's um, but yeah, it's a, and he didn't give it to me, and and it's one of those things where I thought it was there, and he's like, oh, you can't get it, you're not eligible for it, and yeah, I absolutely was. So, um, you know, talk to your recruiter, talk to a second recruiter to get the information. Yeah. Um, and it's great now because you can Google everything, but yep. um. Um, talk to people. It really is. If, if you're if you're on the fence because of of a fear, just mm-hmm. jump in, do it. Yeah. Worst case, I mean, worst case, you're there for four years. Like anybody can do anything for three years. Yeah. Okay. Like exactly. seriously, it's, it's uh, a and, and we're doing a good job. We're doing a better job of taking care of people. I know that. Uh, I'll I'll just wrap with this as far as mm-hmm. military. If you guys go in or if you have re- recent transitions, is um, you know, 15, 20 years ago when you got out, it was like okay. Um, your four years are almost done. You got 30 days left. Go to this class. They'll teach you how to write a resume. See him. Now, um, we've got programs that like up to six months before you get out in certain cases, you can yeah. start transitioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, start transitioning, like working for real companies, like, like figuring out what jobs you might want to go to. We're, we're, we're doing a better job. And I'm, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. our, 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 Congress and that was bipartisan. That was both. I'm glad our, our Congress did that and our DD caught up. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. Like obviously, for a critical fill position, they're not going to let you leave. But uh, right. um, but take advantage of those. But I mean, honestly, you do three years, four years, whatever, whatever, whatever you sign up for, and you may say this is it. And and I'll throw this out there because you know, having being a Mustang and having my sister doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're in and you're loving it and you're enlisted and, and you're having the time of your life jump over to the officer side because it's really nice when your paycheck literally doubles the next day. Yes. So, yes. Um, and you, you don't have to clean as many bathrooms. So yep. like, That's or a hey, big one. latrines or whatever we call them. Yeah. Um, no, the air force, you don't have to like, I don't know what the air force does to for uh, clean. The days. I don't know. Yeah. The days. <laughs> you don't have to call the maid as often if you're in the, uh, yeah. In the <laughs> You have to call room service and be like, like seriously, like all the lights. I'm yeah. totally out of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but I uh, know it, it's great to be. Uh, and I'm kidding. Air Force guy. I love you. Uh, uh, yeah. Sisters all. But um, but yeah. Uh, if if and if you're in and, and you watch this, jump jump to the O side. It's not the dark side. Yeah. You, you're. Uh, it, it's a good life. Definitely the way to go. Well, Sam, I appreciate it so much for you coming on sharing your experiences and, and telling us about uh about your campaign definitely uh promoted on my end and, thank you uh, and yeah thanks again and, and have a great evening oh thanks you too all right Bye. take care Bye.